but it's all day. The Talk, my credo podcast. Turn this up. A little hook, maybe like two or three times. I said, "That's all I need to see." I hit download. I said, "Because, because, because I had to suffer to see this, they're going to suffer." So I send it straight to the group chat. Like since we're talking about horrible music, a, a nine-year-old talking about if we if cops get behind me, I'm gonna take them on a sixty-mile police 60 chase. Mile, yeah, yeah. So y- y'all watch this this transgender rapper talking about I got titties on top and dick on the bottom. Oh my God. I didn't bother to, to know the name, who it was or whatever. I saw those first 20 seconds. I said, Doop, I'm out. I am out. Yo, yo, what is up, everybody? We are back in this thing. Welcome to another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. <laughs> I'm your boy Dante here with my fam in the building. P. Shaw is here. KT is here. Family, family. KT, what's going on? See, look, look, look. I'm gonna go ahead and expose you. I'm gonna expose you right quick. Y'all, y'all, y'all listen to this. So, you know, the date of this recording is November 2nd, right? It's November, y'all. It's November. That's crazy. So it was like, yo, you know, we 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 busting out these these uh two pods a week. You know, we on that on the road to 150. It was like, hey. Y'all want to do Wednesday or Thursday? KT was like, nah, I got something to do. I got a meeting on Wednesday. Let's do Thursday. All right, cool. So we come on Thursday. This y'all time. <laughs> I had a meeting, y'all. I was like, oh, that meeting was so good. You had to double back. You had a second interview. It's okay. It's okay. I love you, KT. What's going on? How you feeling? I feel like giving you one of these. That's what I feel like. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. See, she's feeling real good. She's feeling real good, y'all. KT's not <laughs> KT until she busts out one of them. Until <laughs> she is she with the fingers. I got to do it every single episode, unfortunately. Every see, single see, episode. See, you, my you... wig ain't even on right. It's just not even... <laughs> uh, see, the, the finger is, is your thing. Yeah, like the finger is your thing. Either it's the church finger or the middle finger. It's one or the mm-hmm. other. So. Yeah, you don't get one. <laughs> At least one episode. <laughs> uh, peace, y'all. What's going on, man? Man, you know what it is. Um, I think, you know, still in this job searching, you know, career type thing, trying to find that feel or whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. I was having my cousin. I said, man, I made $150 in 30 minutes doing something i would have done for free and um uh-huh. that, that's the blessings in god because you know that's the same benefit i get whenever i do ministry i'm like look i do it for free if blessings come with it i'll take that but 
to take boxes upstairs to an attic. It's like, all right, I'll help y'all, cuz. And then she was like, oh, here you go. So it was like, wow, I got that in 30 minutes? What, what else you got for me then, cuz? You know what I mean? Like, what else you got? Talk to me. So, Talk like, to like, me. Like, what else you got? Because it wasn't nothing. I'm ready. So, you know what I mean? I, I take it as a blessing and anything that's uh, beneficial to the family. And uh, I'm most definitely going to start doing these little side things on the side because I want to prepare for whatever is next as far as yep. um, finances and get things in order for the children all the around, the known and mm-hmm. unknown. <clears throat> so I just want to make sure that's, that's situated. Excuse me. I want to make sure that's situated first. But God's still good nonetheless. Facts. Big facts. Big facts. All right. Look. Um, so we back up in this thing. It's episode 134. Again, we on that road to 150. 150. And you know what? We're going to just jump right into this thing. Now, I want to show y'all uh, this little clip um, of a happy couple that's about to be married. They are engaged to be married. And I just want y'all to just take a look and just see. Now, this necessarily isn't dope or doo-doo, but, you know, let's just see if this is dope or doo-doo. So Michael Jordan, you know, has some sons. Um, His oldest, Marcus Jordan, is betrothed. To be married to uh Larsa Pippen, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, who is famous for being like um she's she's into her thought phase. She's just kind of being passed around, you know, it was future and you know, all these other NBA basketball players, but she found love with Michael Jordan's son. Mm. Michael Jordan's robbing to his Batman, Scottie Pippen. Still in his own right, one of the 50 greatest players of all time that he's been selected. But, of course, we know we've covered Scottie Pippen in the past, and he, he's been on a nice little hate run of Michael Jordan. He's been trashing Michael every step of the way. Um, and I'm sure that he's not very happy about his ex-wife dating his now enemy's son. So y'all, y'all check this out, and let's just see, you know, <laughs> what this is about. When's the wedding, you guys? It's in the works. This is my uh, is my go to saying right now. You know, I don't think we have like a, a date. We're still talking about locations and how, party size and all of that stuff. So it's not really uh, concrete yet, but it's it, it'll happen. Do you want your dad to give a toast at your wedding? How does this work? Yeah, you know, look, I was the best man at his wedding, and so and the best man at my brother's wedding, and so obviously we'll keep that tradition going. Is my my thoughts on it? I want in. I want I, know, I want video cameras there. Now that you know, I've been on the on the Housewives in Miami. You know, all the producers are inquiring around. You know, when's the wedding? Are we gonna film it on TV? Yada yada yada. And so that's another thing that we're kind of playing along with is whether or not it'll it will air what are you leaning towards i mean and what is it like being on that show and you know your love is is so real but you guys also are so intriguing because of who you are so what's the balance there obviously look i'm we're very private people the jordans and so if it was up to me i think we would do maybe multiple weddings one private for our family and friends and then maybe there's one that's a little more public but uh you know i guess time will tell i guess time will tell um okay so kt aren't you happy for this union like marcus jordan and larsa pippen like they're about to be married and michael jordan is going to be the best man and he's going to give kind words and stuff um you know it's going to be like deja vu like larsa you know hey we've been here before nice to see you again um now, now you went from you know my my man's girl to my daughter-in-law. <laughs> so, KT, what's what's up? Talk to me. 
I don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't care. Like, thank you. I don't know. I I don't. Mm. Mm. Y'all do what y'all do. Do That's what you do. Be, do. Be what happy. Y'all do. Be happy. Peace out. What's y'all up, ain't man? Affect, affecting my life at all. Don't care. Got to paint the picture. Paint the picture. This is how ridiculous it is. Unfortunately, Dante uh-huh. and and Tina, you know, they 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 divorced now. You know, I was in the wedding. Now his own godson and nephew decides to get with his auntie. That's how crazy it looks. <laughs> I mean, you get what I'm saying? That's how it looks. Like that's I, what it is. That's how it looks because. You've been around watching this man grow up, probably change his diaper. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, really though? Like, come on now. Y'all make it make sense. So, like, I'm all for love in a healthy way, but y'all ain't got to do it like this, especially not after, you know, you found out some issues between father and Pippin. And you're like, nah, I'm going to put a little bit more gas on this thing because, yeah, let's ride this on out. You know, I'm gonna make it worse. Michael Jordan really is. is sitting in his evil boss chair, like, like this. <laughs> he, he got the Birdman hands. Right, just, just shut up, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's just it. So, I'm like, I'm like, about like KT. You know, he's probably like unbothered by it, but at the same time, he like, yeah, all this publicity. Yeah, I mean, you got all, you got the money, all the money you can have, and now your son getting his rocks off of things that may have or may have not happened but you know i feel like as the adults we should have sat down and talked about this thing before it got to this point so yeah son you are grown that this your aunt right here though like we we, we're not gonna do that you know um prince i don't know what you got going on but this is what we would have been doing and i would (laughs) have gave permission i would have gave permission i'd have been like prince get your gloves i'm like uncle raffy get your gloves y'all gonna have to y'all gonna have to get it in you know, and I referee it righteously. I referee it to where yeah. you know somebody hit the ground. I, y'all get back up, stand up, and do it again. But uh, we're not gonna man. sit here and let you disrespect, you know, the society and culture because y'all really making us look bad. Because that's like saying that you may feel like your homeboy. Because that's the same thing. Because Jordan, if you let if you let your son do it, then you probably would have done the same thing too. Because if you didn't tell him, hey, your son is oh, wrong, I guarantee you, wrong or not. Have. You would have done the same thing too, and and that's and that's not right. You know what I mean? Like I tell I tell Dante all the time. Like I'm adamant about it. You know I'm not I'm not gonna have a one on one conversation. You know with your wife. I love her. You know what I mean? Known her just about as long as he has. But it's just a simple fact of respect. And the same conversation we said months ago when I said, remember when your wife had messaged me on Facebook and I said, yo, before I even said accept, I said, you know your wife just um accepted me on on Facebook. You said, oh yeah, I'm right beside her. Oh okay. Cool. I'm just checking. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like you gotta have that type of love of accountability to make sure things yep. are in order. And this right here, miss, is not in order. Do better. Yeah. Better. That's the same thing I did when <laughs> I found out when uh Dante and I were gonna go hang out, right? This was early on in our friendship, and I was like, And you got a girlfriend? I don't want no problems now. I mean, I know that it's platonic between us, but I need her to really know that. (laughs) So, you know, and we here now, all family, 
all good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just nah. saying, you know, I had to approach it the right way. I'm, that's just yeah. out of respect. Just, you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Had, right. Had to be Especially when it's genuine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, when it's genuine, like, and that's just the, the basis of, of friendship. You know it's real. So, so, um, moving right along, I wanted to just quickly just highlight and comment. Uh, I'm, I, 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 tr- I tried not to continue on with the Palestine and Israel um, and all that stuff going on, but this well, more stuff God, continues no, to be here. shown. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I yeah. Said, thank God Nadas is not here <laughs> right now. Because... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I don't know. I, I know where I stand. I know why I stand because I, I continue to pay attention. Um, but at the same time, I, I do my best to not get consumed because there's really not much I can do personally. Um, but one thing it really has done for me, um, I really take into consideration just just the thought, the history of everything like uh, Christianity. You know, it it. It was birthed out of Judaism. Um, and then what is Judaism and, and what do they believe and and really understanding what is Zionism, what do they believe and are does Judaism and Zionism is that the same? It's not. Uh Judaism is their faith, but Zionism is a nationalist, supremacist type thing. Um and watching the dynamic of America and how they are literally like on their knees for, um, for Israel and stuff like that. And, and they just don't care. They, they truly believe that the, to stand with Israel cause it's the right thing to do, but it's like, you're standing with, with a group of people who is actively trying to ethnically cleanse a country of people who were there for centuries and you're connecting yourself to an ancestry of people who were there in the area, but they did not like originate there. They, they weren't like, you know, in the beginning and da, 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 when people were spread out, y'all decided to set up shop there and then was displaced. Now you're trying to come back. Like, that's just not how it was. The Israel of historical context is not that Israel in that specific place in that area that y'all trying to say. And, and I'm just watching things because I continue to see the narrative of Palestine evil. Now other people want to specifically say Hamas. Hamas mm-hmm. is the terrorist group. Uh, and that does not, they, they, Encompass the whole dang on of Palestine. That's so right. stupid. Which does not <laughs> encompass all of pal- Palestine. But again, I'm looking at this and just it's so much. I'm fascinated by how how much I can learn just by asking why. Like Hamas did this. Hamas did this terrorist attack where they killed you know uh, uh, over a thousand people, kidnapped uh, hundreds of people. Uh, at an Israeli music festival. Well, why did they do that? Well, Hamas was elected in the office in in 06 in the Gaza territory. 
um, okay, they were elected. Well, why were they elected? Well, like, who is Hamas? What do they believe? Um, they want to get rid of the Israeli occupation in Palestine. They took that and were like, oh my God, they're so evil. But it's like, well, when you look at the Israeli uh, occupation and what they're doing there, why wouldn't you finally fight back? That's just that's just how I see it. Just you come into an area, you believe that God told you that you are special people and everybody up in here needs to get out. And y'all going to get them out by any means necessary. You you kill them, you take them out of their homes, you you literally push them out of these areas where what once was theirs, they now occupy a fraction of what they used to have called home. And after years and years and decades of oppression, they finally start to fight back and y'all still paint those who fight back as the enemy. It's like, honestly, it reminds me of a Karen, if I'm being honest, mm -hmm. because what, what, what does Karens do? Karens will instigate a situation, then they'll push and they'll push and they'll push And When you respond to them, then they play victim. Honestly, mm -hmm. white women are masters of that. I'm just going to just be honest. White women are mad or white people in general are masters of instigate being both instigator and victim. Uh, Cause that's just how society is and works. But all that to be said, Instagram came on the fire about a week ago because they were adding the tag of terrorist to Palestinian profiles and it got a big drawback and they claim like, oops, it's my bad or our bad. You know, this was a glitch in the system that was incorrectly Ooh, translating. Um, they're like, but how can you incorrectly translate terrorist? If terrorist is not on anyone's profile, unless that's what you Okay, like just just cut the bullshit. It was done on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. But I want to show you guys another clip because uh, I'm going to pose a question. Um, it's not necessarily one that you have to answer, but just as I continue to watch these things and and do my research and this, that, and the third, um, just about what's going on and why it's happening. Because you know, again, I do see the parallel with Black America because there's it's so convoluted as to how we are the way we are of these instances and this historical thing that happened and what was supposed to happen and, and what this person did, what that person did, this law, this legislation, and so on and so forth. There's so much that happened. And so I'm trying to, you know, connect the dots and follow the rabbit hole to figure out, okay, what's the core? Who threw the first stone? And it just seems like the Israelis are doing that and, and just come to find out that, you know, the police force in America, you know who's the number one group that trains the police in America? Israelis. <laughs> so, and all throughout, you just see video clip and video clip of Israelis just beating the dog shit out of people. But it's not just an anti-Semitic thing because you see the Israeli police beating up Orthodox Jews who are also protesting, standing with Palestinians and protesting the treatment. Israelis run up and beat them down too. Uh, it's, it's, it's just crazy. So I'm like, so you can't say this is anti-Semitic when they are beating up Jewish people because 
Zionist is not synonymous with Jewish. It is, I'm just going to be honest. And, and this may, and again, y'all don't have to say anything to this. Right now, as I just watch and, and pay attention to things and understand why does Hamas exist? What are they doing? What are they in response to? And Palestinians, Israelis, I look at what the British did. I look at um, how the British basically created this whole clusterfuck. But I look at the Zionists and they just reminds me of the KKK, the Proud Boys, the Stormfront, you know, all those, um, the Oath Keepers, just all those white supremacist groups where that's the sect where they feel like we are superior and we have to do X, Y, Z, because we are the pure ones. We are the chosen ones, yada, yada, yada. And we will resort to these extreme acts to do that. So I liken anyone trying to criticize what Israelis, have, what Zionists have done to be like, oh, that means you're anti-Semitic. No, that's not true. I'm, I'm anti-Semitic. Uh, being anti-Zionist and or being critical of the things that they've done in the name of God, if you will, um, is not being anti-Semitic. It's not being anti-Jew because it's a nationalist thing. It's a, because I am Jewish, then I deserve to be superior. We are the center of the world. And so when they say, well, what about when, innocent people are destroyed uh, or, you know, unalived and this, that, and the third. And it's like my heart mourns for everyone who's been, whose life has been snuffed out for this war and this conflict. Um, that's just been stirring and people are not trying to stop it at all. They want this to go on. Like they had a, um, a UN vote where the, the overwhelming majority voted to not do anything. I think, I can't remember exactly when, but all that to be said, when I look at the societal practice of it and the different modes of propaganda that's going out, that's trying to tell one side of the story. And then they'd be like, well, try to portray one side as just these innocent darlings doves that we need to protect them at all costs from the, the savage rabid animals that's trying to disrupt their sanctity. And it's like, that's not the case. Now, that's how it should be put, but not necessarily the side you want to put it on. But I just want to show this little clip of these people. You may not be able to see it that well because the clip is kind of small, but at least listen to what's being said. Um, and these are Israelis in the area as they occupy Palestinian neighborhoods and as they're kicking people out of their homes. They don't even get a chance to pack up anything. They just just kicked out. Listen to how how they think and what their perceptions are and how they believe they're actually right and justified in doing the things that they're doing. We take house after house. Uh, all this area uh, will be a Jewish neighborhood. We are not finished the job. We are, we are going to the next neighborhood and after that we'll go more. Our uh, dream that uh, all East Jerusalem uh, will be like uh, West Jerusalem, Jewish, Capital of Israel. I see the 
המשך, שיבת ציון. זה הכל. זה בא על חשבון הערבים? <אז> כן, גם בג"ץ והכנסת בנויים על חשבון ערבים, וגם המדינה כאן הוקמה, כן, על חשבון חלק מהתושבים הערבים שגרו פה. So basically what he said at the end, he said this is the dream, uh, this is a continuation of the Zionist project, the return to Zion, which is Jerusalem for them. He said, is it at the Arabs' expense? Yes. But our government institutions were also built at the expense of Arabs who lived here. And so was the state itself. So it's like, they know. And they're openly like, yeah, we, we, we know that it's at their expense. So what? And we're going to keep doing it. We're going to take this neighborhood and we're going to take all the neighborhoods until this is a completely Jewish state. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like, why is that right? That's just kind of what I feel like. Why is that right? And I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, I don't want to get anyone in trouble because I know that is, it is, um, I mean, America it's, it's does deep. the same thing. Yes. But when they, th- gentr- they push people, black, push black people out of their homes and gentrify the neighborhood. Yeah. Yep. That's the same damn thing. Yep. Except it's, it's a more uh, acceptable package. More a um, tolerable way. It's, it's easier for the public to digest the way mm-hmm. that they do it. It's not them slaughtering us and, you know, forcing us to move out, but they're finding other ways to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the, the same, same thing, thing. Just same, yeah. a different side of the same coin. Yep. It's just, we made a, a, an amount of noise that they couldn't just wipe us off the map, which they could. But it was just put in such a way to where they just couldn't and not still be what they wanted to quote unquote represent. But mm-hmm. they went to war over our freedom to consider us as humans. They did a whole war. And then after the war, they said, well, we got to free these slaves, but we do not want them in our society. So they found other ways to enslave us. Um, and it's not so much of it was just the South. It was the North. Like... Y'all look up the y'all look up Liberia if you haven't heard of Liberia and why Liberia was created. Liberia was basically what they wanted to do for black people, what they're trying to do with Palestinians right now. They wanted to ship all the black people out after the Civil War and ship us ship us back to Africa and set up Liberia. And and basically they did the same thing. Like even back then, I won't go too deep of a tangent, but it's like Many rich people in the North, they hated black people too. Like, well, I, I don't want slavery, but I don't want these black people here either. So they bought up a bunch of free, bought up a bunch of black people and freedom and then put them right on the boat to send them back to Africa and then put them in the area where there were already people there and created a conflict there. So it's just, it's like, it's the same thing as I dig deeper in history. Like this is the same thing happening over and over and over again. And honestly, who always remains at the center with their fingers in it in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. White people. Some way, shape, or form, they're always around. And then, hey, 
four plus billion dollars go to Israel every single year. Those bombs they're dropping is coming from us. It's coming from our country. Mm-hmm. Those planes, those missiles, and you know, just there was a a video. I need to find it, but um, there was a guy that went to one of these city council things, and he was listing off like all the top people who were. Uh, directly involved in like the recent COVID stuff. Um, And he revealed that an overwhelming majority of them had dual citizenship with Israel and were uh, also identified as Zionists as our president, Joe Biden is a, an avid Zionist supporter, you know, Mm -hmm. that's why it's like, it's deeper. That's why like, even though I know Nas was playing devil's advocate um, a couple <clears> pods <throat> ago about it, like, well, we should just mind our business. Like now it's deeper because the same thing happened and it's still happening to us. It's not as overt. They're not dropping bombs on us, right. but they, they did the exact same thing. They pushed us into ghettos. The same thing Israelis did uh, are doing to Palestinians. They pushed us into ghettos and, and then they limited resources there. No, no hospitals, no adequate schools, nothing to where we were stuck in a perpetual state of poverty. They redlined us after pushing us into ghettos to where we couldn't buy homes and, and while it continued to give a continual footing towards success in this country. They're doing the exact same thing. The exact same thing over there is just in, in just the most overt and the most brutal punch you in the mouth the way possible. We're just going to do you over there. And if you say anything about it, we're just going to shoot and kill you in the name of God. You know, so it's, it's just crazy. Like there, there is a, there is a parallel there. I think we should, you know, at least understand and see the pattern because this has happened before. And this time they're just doing it all over again, but it's like, they would rather for them, um, you know, they would rather, I couldn't find a video, but it was a Jewish woman, basically the same as this other clip, just basically saying, no, the the only innocent people in Gaza are those who are, are taken hostage right now. And the moment that we get those hostages out, we're going to kill them all. There is no more arguing. There's no more negotiating. We're going to kill them all because the time is now. We are the center of the world. That's what this uh, Jewish lady was saying, we are the center of the world. Now, where have you heard that rhetoric before? Because mm-hmm. who believed at one point in time, well, not one point in time, who still believe that they are the center of the world? You know, so it's like, you know, so I just like, I just, I just see the parallels, man. I just like, mm. I'm like, Lord, I, I think it may be time. Because like okay, I just feel let like, me go ahead and repent. Jesus. I'm I'm serious though. <laughs> I'm just be like I'm looking yeah. at this stuff and I'm like, nah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get some things. I'm have to get some things back in order and and stop this playing around. Because mm-hmm. I I I know because America's knee deep in it because they yeah. they support it and so many and all the other European countries support it and. It's just, it's such a, a mess that they created. And 
Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's a nationalist, it's a war of supremacy, and they truly believe that because I am what I am, it makes me superior to you um, all, all the time. You see clips of people just walking by, spitting on pallets. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But all right, all right, all right, all right. I, I spent more than enough time on, on that. So just continue to watch, continue to pay attention. Okay, look. Now, we've talked about this before. But in the last week or so, Keith Lee has brought this back up. Uh, and that is the horrible customer service from black people. Uh, and it's been, a, it's been a thing. It has been a point of conversation for quite some time. But we initially was going to show a, a clip about it, which we are. We're going to show the initial clip. And then we're going to highlight it about Keith Lee and his recent trip to Atlanta because it just highlights everything perfectly in real time. So let's watch this clip and then we're going to just uh, talk about what's going on and then bring in Keith Lee's trip to Atlanta. Black people have the worst customer service in the motherfucking world. And you can say that you don't agree with that because I don't give a fuck why. And we get our customer service better, we'll make more business. Bottom line. So you can say whatever you want. When you go to the Chinese restaurant, they nice to you. They, hey, Ray, how you doing today? No, they just as mean. Hey, I don't go to the fucking Chinese restaurant. All right, but you know what I'm saying, Ray. Like, I don't stop. go. We can yell. I'm You're yelling. Don't make Ray. your point. I'm speaking more for Ray. Right. At the end of the day, Asians don't sit there and say, hey, your customer service has to be perfect. Your product has to be A1 before I support you. They support you. So when you talk about black customer service, I had this conversation the other day with one of our artists. She was like, my nail tech moved from Atlanta. I was like, I got another one for you. She asked me, she was like, she black? I was like, yeah. She's like, no, nah, I don't want to go there. She probably don't do feet. And she probably going to charge me an arm and leg. And I was like, the fuck? She's like, every black male tech she went to in Atlanta, I was like, I'm not going to touch your feet. They charge you an extra uh, res a reservation fee, mm -hmm. and then they give you shitty service when you get there. And I was like, damn, that's fucked up. We can't even have. Bro, I spent, bro, I spend half a million dollars a year on bullshit, bro. And I love spending money. And the reason why I don't spend with black establishments like that, because they got fucked up attitudes. They only give you a smile. Then he say, hello, how you doing, man? I take your order. But I'm supposed to keep spending with them because they look like me? Fuck that. The rich are gonna, the, the rich are the people that are gonna rise to the top, the people that understand what it takes to win. Not the people that feel like you should let me win because they let them win. That's not how you win. The only thing that matters is the service. We are in the service business. Service I am business. in the service business. I am successful. Six, 16 years later, you, I love Tehran. I love Tehran. Guess why you love Tehran? Because Tehran understands when I walk in this bitch, I'm a service. Yeah. You don't look at this bitch and walk in here like I'm the biggest songwriter in the world. Y'all all need to bow down to me. That's why we yeah. rich. And my thing is a black man that has made millions of dollars and want to see other black people make millions mm -hmm. of dollars. I know the one thing that's a difference is the fucking attitude. That's why I yell. Because the attitude is the difference. And if you fix your attitude, everything else will follow. But you think, well, they ain't got to fix their attitude. Well, we ain't them. We ain't them. Because if we was them, we would be where they are. We are us. And the thing that's holding us back is we don't treat each other with respect. We don't them a service. So, and so you hold have on, stop, stop. So I'm trying to teach you how to get to a certain place, and you don't want to accept that you got to change your motherfucking attitude if you do. And instead of change your attitude, yeah. you want to bring up what Asians do. I don't know if the motherfucker is smiling by the way they talking. I don't know their culture. I know our culture, and I know our culture. Black women have bad attitudes, and so do a lot of black people. And my thing is if that we want to make money, then fix your motherfucking attitude. Or you'll be off, and you'll see another motherfucker there smiling. They'll be like, they only picked her because she's white. No, we picked her because she smiled. All right, so th that, that was a lot. I wanted to clip it up a little bit, but I was like, you know what? We're going to let him cook. Let him cook.
cook. Let them cook. Um, KT, so I wanted to go to you on this because you are our Atlanta connoisseur because you was there for, for some years and years and years. You was down there in the A. Um, A-Town stopping, uh, you know, <laughs> whoop, whoop. Chicken head, the bank head bounce. I mean, you you was you was up in them things. I mean, throwing it in a circle. I mean, you was in there, in there, you know. So, I <laughs> uh, maybe exaggerate a little bit, but yeah. listen. So, so when it comes to like just customer service and a bit, just what, do you is he making a point? Do you think he may be onto something, or maybe he's just all the way off? Is it an attitude thing? Like, what are your thoughts? Well, it definitely depends on where you go. It's not all bad, but there are too many that give the good ones a bad name. You know what I mean? Um, Atlanta is just extra anyway. I mean, y'all know I'm not very fond of Atlanta. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my years there were hell, um, and don't know Atlanta folk come for me because I don't give a Rudy to chew. Okay, it's okay. I, I had my you. experience. I'm speaking on my experience, and that's that ain't got nothing to do with you. But you're not the only one, so so coming for a lot of other people. Whatever. Um, don't be coming. To, don't be coming. Put nothing on my page, nothing. I don't want to hear it. All right. So so j- just for the sake of those who may be sensitive about it, we'll take Atlanta off of it. Just in general, as far as black people in customer service, whether it's fast food, whether it's retail, you know, whatever, whatever, just does he have a point to where we have bad customer service and the problem is our attitudes and, and so on and so forth. We, we just don't have good customer service. Is that true? Well, I mean, I don't ever like to lump a whole group of people together. So I don't like saying that it, you know, black people as a whole, of course, because there are some that do very well, um, that give great customer service, um, that don't have an attitude. That's like saying every black woman has an attitude. That's not cool because that's not true. But there are enough that don't give good service that do things backwards and kind of make you think twice when it comes to, but then there's the other side of that too, where black people, when they go to black owned places, expect to be favored because they're black. <laughs> so I mean it kind of goes both ways if we're being honest because it's like okay just because I'm black and I'm providing a service does not mean that you know you'll go to this place and you'll pay this price but when you come to me you think you're supposed to get a discount because you look like me no I'm providing the same service that is up to the same standards of the palm skin over there 
And you mm-hmm. go over there and you don't complain about their prices, but when you come to me, you do. So it's true. Let's let's just be real about it. It's cool when they do it. It's a problem when I do it. Look, <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like customer service goes since we're talking about food in general. We're not just talking about Atlanta. We're talking about overall the world. Period. Um, I had a bad experience with all the above, and I don't mind checking everybody in that moment for all of the above: Asian, Indian, Hispanic, white, and black. Yet they're not wrong. You know, um, our attitudes as a culture have to change. We can't always be threatening, nor do we always have to be threatened. And um, and I feel like when we're going into these establishments, no, just because it's a minority owned, you shouldn't feel like you're getting the extra boost because you're the same color as they are. You know, that's the whole thing about why black people don't shop with black people because they want a discount. But when white folks put a, a number on it, you go pay for it. You know what I mean? When another color go put a number on it, you don't mind paying it. But yet this person got it. And um, and I feel like, you know, customer service, especially dealing with food, um, you know, shots to my godfather, Vic, and my moms, you know, they taught me a good bit. I've seen Vic put $100 down on the table before he sat down, like before he got served. And that was their tip. From that point, that's all they could do is come down from it. Meaning how you serve, what are you willing to do? Is my did my drink get empty before it got empty? Did you at least check on it? Was my food hot? Did you try to go the extra mile? If you know as a um, because a waiter is a walking customer service rep. So if I'm looking at this waiter or this waitress, um, how they carry themselves, how they look, how they enunciate their words, even how they talk. You know, you go to some of these establishments and they are hood, but you go to some there are not. So I want you to be able to talk to me like you have some type of education, at least fifth grade. And you need to you, you need to have some type of um, community or camaraderie amongst yourself to be a people person or we need to put you in the back and let you be a cook. We, you need to be out of sight, out of mind. But if you're going to be out in the open, if we're going to work together, because I'm working for you to try to not make your job hard by ordering stupid stuff to make it difficult for you to remember and mess up. And you work with me to try to make sure you understand properly. But basically, Keith Lee is saying, look, I'm a normal person. And I want to be treated like everybody else. You know, so he don't want the special treatment. He don't want the VIP treatment. Yet his influence deserves VIP treatment. He don't want it. So he's telling you he don't want it. Y'all see him. Y'all see him come in. You recognize him. He said it in multiple segments. So why Atlanta do you feel special enough to disregard his morals, disregard his values? And the people who was actually feminine on the outside, they are women who was praising him because they were like, look, we've been out here waiting a such and such hour. And he's telling them, no, I'm not going to be served unless you serve these women first because they was here first. So, you know, I commend him on that. And they was like, well, you know, we're going to he got a lot of death threat towards his family being an aggressive way just because 10 people didn't like it. So they just put that rumor out there that this was going on. So for safety reasons, he said, I got to take care of my family. But y'all don't know. I haven't seen anybody run up on him because you clearly know he could throw those hands. And I feel like we as a community of black people. He's correct because you got this thing called Toastmasters that they have behind the wall and it teaches you how to talk to people. It teach it teaches you community service practices and training because you can't get a job if you don't know how to talk to people. You know, I don't think I've ever not ever not got a job on an interview. I told people today, I said, hey, um, if I have an interview, I'm going to get a job or at least you're going to offer it to me. 
I mean, I get it based on my background, but you're going to offer me the job every single time. And I've gotten every single job I've had an interview with because I know how to talk. And this ain't this ain't BSing them. It's the same thing I'm doing with you all right now. I'm talking because I know how to talk. I know how to talk to black people, white people, Hispanic people, not above them. But I know how to talk on a level that knows I got some I got some brain in me. I got some education in me. I got some experience in me. And you have to be able to treat people like people at the end of the day. Let customer service, let the moment or whatever it is, be an experience. Like It's an experience. I'm experienced this for the first time because I don't know you. So with this food, it's going to be an experience. The only thing they could have done at the most when he came in there is make sure his food was extra hot. But, you know, you most definitely got to make sure black people that we get on point with this customer service because you giving everybody a bad rip. I think the main reason why is because self-hate. I think mm. black people, we don't value one another. When we see another black person, we don't see that person. Like we're not prideful of who we are mm. as a people. There's no sense of pride. We don't have, you know, a sense of, belonging or togetherness with us. And I have to go ahead and, and make clear that there is a reason why, you know, that our experience is very unique. And right. so we're trying to bond with each other where there probably wouldn't have been where, well, I'll say it like this. The bond that we have is us picking up the pieces of our past not mm. so much of championing the rich history and legacy that we would have had to where, you know, we've done this, we've succeeded this, we've done this, but it is, we've literally had to get back up. We It's always from being knocked down, trampled on to, to get back up. And we have developed basically in every man for himself, the very individualistic perception in perspective on life, which is also the perspective that wants to put on you because the, I can't remember the president. I can't, I keep forgetting to figure out who said it, but one of the presidents was like the greatest threat to America at that time was Negro unity. Like mm. we don't have real unity to where we look at each other and we're proud because that's my brother. That's my sister. So it's a trauma bond. Yes. Yes. Basically it's a trauma bond. That's exactly what it is. Um, and it's not, it's, it's not from the, the right sources because we feel like we are our greatest threat. You know, we, we, we're a threat to one another. Right. And so when, when they see you and I have to serve you, you, you from the same, condition that I am. I, you know, I, I ain't trying to be associated with you. I ain't got time to be with you, but yet when that white person or anyone else comes through, yeah, then, then you start seeing a smile. Then there's a more mm -hmm. pleasant tone in the voice. And of course, I'm not going to say this everybody, but I damn sure will say that's more often than not, you right. know, especially in youth. Now I'm not saying just all youth, but you know, cause we don't see value in one another. We, we don't value one another. That's why when, Honestly, and I say it all the time, you know, I don't treat anybody like trash. I treat everybody with respect. I always put my best foot forward. But when a person of color comes in, I always 
throw an extra bit of sauce up in there. I make sure that I learn your name or learn something about you. Or I, I, I make sure that I go above and beyond. Like <clears throat> I'm, I'm only at the front window or whatever, only a couple hours a day, but still when I'm up there, people look for me. People's like, Oh, if, if Raphael's not up in there, I'm not coming. I'll come back another time. That that's right. been brought to my attention on numerous occasions because, you know, I, I I make sure that I know them. I try to just at least let them know I'm going above and beyond. I don't care how quote unquote thuggish you look or quote unquote threatening. Now that's my brother right there. That's my sister right, right there. And I'm proud of you. I I, right. I I know what it's like. To, to walk in your shoes. I, I may not know specifically, but I, I know the starting point of your perspective. And when you come up in here with me, oh no, we about to have a good old time. We about to have a good time. And I'm going to treat you with the utmost respect and I'm going to go above and beyond. And I'm not looking for anything, but I just want you to, to for a moment, just feel that someone values you. That right. someone looks at you and and immediately has camaraderie with you. And some people recognize it. Some people, maybe not, but it's not for them to recognize. But I, I just want to at least get them the idea and understanding that, yes, you deserve to have service that goes above and beyond for you, too, because right. you belong here, too. And it's not the it, same thing. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's not the that same thing. on top of you belong here. It's like we belong here, too. And. It's not so much of we're trying to be like anyone else. It's us valuing and loving us. And mm. that's just basically that because, and that's the dynamic yeah. coming from the consumer and the, um, you know, the person providing customer service, because like I've mentioned before, it's just either if, if I am the business, I feel like you're in like, I'm entitled for you to give your money for me, to right. give your money to me. Like, I don't have to like you. I don't like you. I don't care about you. Just give me, give me your money because just because I'm black or, you know, it's, it's like I'm a run with black owned business, but I treat my clients like trash. Like I don't care. This is all about me because I'm trying to get rich or successful from me. I don't care about y'all. Just make sure you give me your money, you know, that type of attitude. Mm. Or you have the other was like, well, because of who we are, then you should cut me some slack. But y'all y'all made that point already, so I'm not going to, you know, repeat it. But it's the same. It's the same. And that's what happened when Keith Lee went to Atlanta. So Keith Lee's been on a food tour. Um, he's been to Houston. He's been to Chicago. He's been to a bunch of a bunch of cities. So people was like, come to Atlanta, come to Atlanta, come to Atlanta. So he came to Atlanta <laughs> and oh boy, he turned Atlanta upside down. He did his very first review. He went to the real milk and honey and he was like, Hey, we got some food. We're going to try it out. Let's go. But as you can see, I don't have any food in my hands. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, it went in, but here's the thing with Keith Lee. Uh, for those who don't know, he's, he's, uh, a popular social media guy where he just um, he does food reviews. He goes to many different types from your most popular to your mom and pop hole in the walls joints, tries food, eats food and give his honest opinion. And he's amassed a, a great following, a huge, massive following. Um, but he 
he does it in a way to where it is so honorable. And why I I've come to, to, to be such a fan of his, you know, he does it in such an honorable way. He never tears down anyone, regardless of the experience. He always gives the disclaimers like, yo, I'm not here to tear down a business. Whatever my review, don't go flooding their comments and, and yelp reviews with bad reviews just because I may not have had the best time here. Try it out for yourself. You know, he's very responsible with his following. And he's very humble. But he's like, I don't care for celebrity treatment. I want to be treated like everyone else. Uh, he sends, you know, other people in there. He doesn't go in there himself because people will recognize him. So he sends his family in there. But, hey, he stopped by the Real Milk and Honey. They got all these crazy outlandish rules and stuff. He wasn't able to get food. He came back and gave his experience. Now, the entitled, I don't care about you. Just make sure you give me money and to keep me successful. The owners of the Real Milk and Honey responded in such a petty way, trying to big time Keith Lee, where they put a video basically saying, oh, do you know who Keith Lee is? He did a review. And they're like, hmm, who's Keith Lee? As they sit in their, their quote unquote fancy, you know, fancy settings, the suits and the dresses and sipping martinis or whatever. And basically mm. trying to say, you know, you don't mean anything to me, but and they that fucked around and right found there out. is why I would never go to that restaurant just because yes. of your. Yep. Shouldn't have responded at all. If that, do that, that horrible response. It's like, all you. <laughs> That shows what kind of character you have that and what you're really character. in business for. You're not in business to serve the public. You are in business just to make money and you don't care for yourself about and to make for money. yourself just to make money. You don't care about who comes. You don't care that if the people don't come, you don't make money like right. stupid, like stupid, Hello? like, of course. Like, so I will never, ever go to that restaurant just because y'all made that petty behind video when the right. man didn't even, he didn't even bash your restaurant. Nope. He didn't even bash it. But here you are. He even gave are. a disclaimer like, yo, don't go bashing this restaurant, y'all. This is my experience. Go experience for yourself. He did this whole thing like, yo, I'm not trying to bash them or tear them down, but they still took it. Like he was trying to quote unquote bash and tear them down and then tried to big time them. But you, I'm, I'm sorry, I spoke all over you. Go ahead, KT. No, you good. That, that's it, the it. reason why I'll never go there. I will never, ever go there. And just for the yeah. record, it's not Milk and Honey. There's there's two restaurants. Yes, the one real milk, milk and, honey and Honey and the real Milk and Honey. So Keith Lee visited the real Milk and Honey. And that's what they did. And yeah, it showed that the nerve to put yeah. honey in your name and you sitting there with vinegar. With all that vinegar. Yep. All that vinegar. All that vinegar. <laughs> well, y'all well, do know bees don't never tell flies why honey is sweeter than doo-doo. <laughs> 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 hey, but look, for real though, this is the last point I want to make though. <laughs> that's a fact though. That's, that's dope. That's dope. That, that's a bar the right there though. That's a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But my thing was, um, you got, um, like, growing up, you hear people say, treat people the way you want to be treated, right? Mm. And you try to carry on that moral, you know, throughout life. But the older I get, I believe you give a certain amount of treat people the way you want to be treated. Because at the end of the day, 
eventually you keep getting treated like trash. Treat people the way you want to be treated. But then you turn back around. So it's kind of like contradicting, right? They're treating you like trash, but you're treating them nice. So technically they're telling you this is how I want to be treated. So now that I get older, it's like, all right, I'm going to treat you how you want to be treated until I got to give you the same energy that you're giving me. So now, since you're going to act the booty, okay, I, I got to pull one of my cheeks out. So because, <laughs> <laughs> because at the end of the day, you know, still being a man of God, you still, you know, I'm still checking people. And they like, and I love it when people' response is, you supposed to be a Christian. That's one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite triggers. Okay, now you brought me out. Yes, I am mm-hmm. still a Christian, and I still would bust your head to the white meat. So Absolutely. don't think, don't think because I'm a, you know, first of all, you know, I serve a God who is um, a jealous God. I serve a God who will destroy this earth. I serve a God who don't mind having war. It's in the Bible. Read it. You know what I mean? So I'm going to righteously confront you. Turn you the other cheek, meaning how you going to respond. The temple one day. Righteous confrontation. He was turning over the doggone tables and junk. We went in there and yeah. went off. Right, righteously. <laughs> so when, mm-hmm. when y'all coming at people in a negative way, getting back to the um, treat people the way you want to be treated thing, you know, when we go to customer service, if you're serving me, serve me as if I'm your family. That's how I look at it. Like, take away the treat me the way you want to be treated. Serve me as if I'm that loving grandmother. Serve me as if I'm that loving father, that loving mother that's in your life. Serve me as if I'm your child. Serve me in that manner, and I guarantee you, you'll get the tip that you deserve. Well, uh, assuming you have family that you love, treat me like somebody that you love. That's not yes. just limited to family, because sometimes people's family situations are told that's up. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It just, again, just someone that you value. Treat me like you, right. like I am someone you value, but and, and that just ha- that just goes with a complete shift of the mind. Because I'll just say it like this: We continue to talk about white supremacy and and racism and stuff like this, but honestly, the answer, the power for us to fix our situation is not going to these white people and hoping they change their minds. Mm-hmm. We have to change our minds exactly. when we change our minds and, and perspectives, because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what they do, what they believe, how much they oppose reparations, this, and they don't believe white supremacy exists. They don't believe in white privilege, whatever the case may be. They don't have to, because even still it's insanity to think that the answer is for them to change their minds. No, we have to change our minds to the point to where we value each other enough to where we change and evolve our community. But that's just that, man. But shout out to Keith Lee. You know, he did, a, he, there was a couple other instances. He stopped by um, Candy Burris's Old Lady Gang restaurant mm-hmm. and he, he wanted to do a review and he was like, but as you can see, I have no food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, you know, and, and a couple others where they tried to, you know, make skip the line for him. And he was like, nah, I'm not going to skip the line. I will sit down when you feed these people that are waiting before me, you know, just a real stand up dude. But of course, yeah, class act. At, uh, but of course, Atlanta, they were still threatening him and, and trying to throw him on the bus and all these negative comments and, and, Oh, he's trying to tear down black businesses. It was like, yo, the mental gymnastics of these people, like, what are y'all talking about? Like, 
honestly, if you are a bad black business, then yeah, I will want you to be torn down because I don't want you to represent us. Like right. that, that goes to the shift of our uh, of our mentality. Just like support me because I'm a black owned business. Well, okay, I, I I will, but at the same time, you still have to be a good black owned business. Like you mm-hmm. still have to be good. Like don't just don't just try to skate in and think this this is going to give you like a grading curve. Well, I'm a black owned business, so I'm automatically giving my money to you regardless of the service. Oh. So but that's just it, man. That's all. Listen, listen. We want y'all to do us a solid be on the road to 150. So until then, y'all be able to uh like, share, comment, subscribe. Uh, and again, share, 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 and all that good stuff. We appreciate the support. This is episode 134. Uh, thank y'all, KT and P Shaw, for hopping in on the Thursday night. It is November 2nd. We are man, man, it is almost the end of the year. It's almost 2024. We in November here, 2024. Yeah. So, but it is all good. Uh, this weekend, I'll be in Shell Town. Uh, you know, Shell I'm, Town, I'm baby, let's go. About to pick up a, um, a minivan. <laughs> so I'm officially into that part of life. I'm driving a minivan. Um, uh, but well, you know, I had, I had a minivan, you know, my mom's had about three cars. So I would drive a minivan to school every now and then. True. Back in the like day. it, 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 didn't, it doesn't matter. Cause like I said, Hop out know, van. But when I was, you know, dating wifey doing our college years, I, I had the soccer mom van. I had, I did. And I was, Whipping the that thing. Hoochie Booty It was not the Hoochie Booty Van. It was a regular, it was a smegular, regular van that I was uh, driving sure. to church to sing and squalls for the gods. So I was the, driving the glory, the, the glory of the Lord. <laughs> there was no Hoochie Booty Van. Laying hands. I was going to Dudley, hmm. North Carolina. Stop it. To him, this, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Fine. You know what? Fine. You keep playing. I'm a. I'm a play this song. <laughs> I'm a play this song. Oh, no. And I'm just. Going, this is Philip's fault. This is Philip's fault. He keep. He keeps wanting this song to be played. He's been doing the dance moves. He's been doing the dance moves and making references all episode. So I'm gonna play this. <laughs> Oh, I'm man. gonna play this thing. Oh my god! If I was, let, let me find it. Let me find it. Hold on. Hold on. This, this is what it get you canceled. This, oh my god. Oh my god. I don't think I can. I don't think I can find it. Actually, I, I I may just play it. Hold on. Let me see if I can just play it. No, no, you good. Just just go ahead and end end end, end it. End just the end pod. It. Just end, end the pod. It. All right, cool, good. Because I didn't want to play that thing anyway. <laughs> I didn't want to play that thing anyway. It's at the top. Oh the my Oh my god. <laughs> no. Oh Lord, Absolutely not. We featured one horrible song on the last episode. I'm not doing it again. All right, listen, man. So another episode. We appreciate y'all checking us out, man. Until next time, it's KT. Peace, y'all. Y'all stay fly, stay blessed. Till next time, peace out, y'all. For real talk and dope conversations. Tap in.
to the Talk My Credo podcast. Find us on all streaming platforms. Oh, yeah. Happening on social media. And subscribe to us on YouTube.